finally, the N10 boys have some news to talk about for the first time in a very long time. TV Joe and Flags are here once again. And yeah, boys, we got like hockey news and it's sort of returning. So what are your thoughts on this? And are you guys really excited or are you really bummed out for what's uh, happening ahead with the NHL? Well, like I'm excited that hockey is going to be back, but it's kind of going to be weird that the Pittsburgh Penguins could lose in the first round and then win the draft lottery, which is kind of weird. I mean, not just the Penguins. It could be any team that's playing playing in that first round. But So that's kind of weird. I don't like that about it. And I also don't understand when they're going to return to play. Um, like I know the team training camps aren't going to start until like July, which means playoffs would run until probably the end of August, maybe even into September, to be honest. And then what happens with next season? Yeah, there's lots of questions for sure about this proposal that they kind of determined officially. Uh, it's made official by Batman uh, as of Tuesday. So the thing about the draft lottery is that they're doing the lottery before training camp even starts, which I don't understand. So then if they don't start playing until the end of like July, so then how will that affect the, the draft positions? That's mm-hmm. the part I really don't understand about this new proposal. Yeah, it could really mess the league up long term, to be honest. Yeah, yeah, it could it could put even worse teams in even bigger holes for sure. Just like because a, they're not going to win the lottery. Well, actually, that's another conversation too. Though, the whole draft lottery thing. Yeah, like yeah. the fact that the Red Wings won't or aren't guaranteed the first pick is kind of nonsense to me. But I don't that's know. True. That's a conversation for another day. So the draft lottery has two phases, and I believe the phase one has like literally no meaning because none of the teams are out of the playoffs, uh, out of that like first roundish, if you want to call it thing, that playoff thing. And then once they go into phase two, I guess those teams who have lost go into that, and then they start another draft lottery. I'm I'm really confused about that part. I'm I'm in the same boat with you, Joe. But yeah, the return to hockey is set for. Training camp starting late June, early July. I just want to know your guys' thoughts about this whole process and the whole playoff format. So I'll start with Joe first because uh, Flagger went first last time. All right. So for in terms of like the actual like matchups, they're they make sense. Like the top four teams in each conference get a bye. Like I I agree with that. That's fair. Um, and then like the one to twenty four is really stupid. <laughs> Like, that's way too many teams to include in this sort of play-in scenario. So it's a best of five. It's way, way too many teams. You could have easily done one to 18 max, even one to 20. But you're including, like, mm-hmm. 75 to 80% of the league. And it's basically, like, if you were in Ottawa or Detroit, you basically, like, have a chance to win the Cup. Like, it's so stupid. Like, Montreal's in it as a 24th team overall and i did not want them to be in it because that means if they somehow beat upset pittsburgh they do not have a good chance at the lottery which is what i wanted for them to have right so if they say if they lose to pittsburgh like i want them to mm-hmm. they would still have a 75 percent chance roughly at the eighth or ninth selection and then other percentages for like top three or top five but like i wanted them to get at least a top 10 pick this year so just based on Can I jump in for a second? Yeah. Okay, so what Flager said about hurting the teams long-term in the draft, this is a perfect scenario because I I bet you Montreal didn't come into the season and be like, okay, we're going to 
make the playoffs or going to do some damage. And now that they're playing Pittsburgh, and you said if they win, that just hurt. Like that's just just ruins their kind of trajectory of what they're doing. Because like if next year they could be really bad without a top prospect in the draft, so that kind of hurts them in the draft there and hurts their long term plan. Because like you're winning around for no reason because you could lose in the next round and just go home without a top draft pick. So that's basically what Flager said. But yeah, go on. And then like the matchups are kind of cool. So, like, you got some, like, the best one by far out of all of them is Calgary versus Winnipeg, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. So, that's sure. actually, like, like even though there's no fans, there's no home ice, there's no, like, playoff atmosphere, like, just seeing those two teams go at it is going to be entertaining, two Canadian teams. And then some of the other ones are pretty good. Like, Montreal-Pittsburgh is a good one. You got Crosby and Malkin versus, like, Price. Both are in their 30s, really well-rested now because of the break, so... Let me see who takes over that. Those are just some examples off the top of my head. I don't know all the matchups. I don't have them in front of me, but like some of them are, are intriguing, though. I was basically going to say that this is almost like a tournament between the whole league, minus bottom six teams. Every every team from the Central Division made the playoffs, which is kind of crazy. Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's like what Joe said. Like I think they could have looked at maybe doing 1 to 20 or like 1 to 18 or something. I think 24 teams is a lot, but it does make sense because they need to they need to somehow include all the teams that were in a playoff spot and were just a few points out of a playoff spot as well. So mm-hmm. it, it does make sense as much as I don't like it, it makes sense. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're going to see some new matchups, we're going to see some new formatting here, so I mean yeah, no fans is a bummer because, I mean, that kind of drives the playoff intensity in home ice and when you're away. That's going to be a one that probably won't sit for anyone because it's going to be weird watching a hockey game without fans. Um, yeah, the matchups are, are pretty good. Calgary-Winnipeg is probably the best one, probably most intense one, two Canadian teams. Best out of five, that can do some damage, so... I think in the, once we get closer to actually the start of training camps, we'll probably predict who's going to win each uh, play-in round and who's going to win that uh, round robin of the seedings for the top teams in the West and East. So, yeah, it's going to be cool to see, but I'd rather no hockey. I'd rather this nonsense, like, mess and just start the next year whenever whenever it starts in October. So, but we're here now, and I guess we have a plan. It's not a bad plan, but, I mean, I'd rather see 16 teams in the playoffs, but I don't think that's going to happen, so... And another piece of news that actually came out today, uh, Flager, I saw you sent that to us in our group chat. You want to mention that quickly? Uh, so pretty much, long story short, the USA hockey president, Jim Smith, is under investigation for, for handling of abuse allegations. Uh, that's really... I couldn't view the article because, unfortunately, it was posted on theathletic.com, and I don't have a subscription for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like some pretty pretty serious stuff going on there. Jim Smith. Yeah, pretty serious allegations. Like, we've been talking about the Keandre Miller stuff, the Akeem Alou stuff. Like, it's just, it's never, it's honestly never going to end at this point. I want it to, but it never will. It'll well, never make it. The worst part is, like, that's not even the first time that we've seen something like that exactly. happen. Like, yeah. that whole, um, that's a big, like, discrimination issue in the States. Mm-hmm. Not so much here in Canada, actually. Like, I mean, it still kind of exists, but. Yeah. The whole situation with that, how it has not stopped at all. If anything, it's gone worse since like 2015. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I could easily, I'm not even lying, see like some sort of 
miniature civil war in that country that's very yeah soon honestly like i was thinking the same thing and not only that but like because of covid and like who knows what the effects covid is going to have on their economy too mm-hmm. like that could all of these factors could play in, into some sort of like i hope not but like it, it could lead to some sort of conflict yeah it's not stupid to think. <laughs> I don't want to see that happen, but no, it's no, possible. But like you that, never know. It's very possible now. <laughs> yeah. Well, a bunch of idiots down there. So. And then you saw the protesting. Yeah. I don't um, like, I, I don't know exactly where it was. The propaganda stuff. I think Minneapolis. It was in Minneapolis, but I don't know if it was like, da- I guess it was downtown Minneapolis and people were protesting about uh, like uh, Black Lives Matter or whatever. Crazy stuff. Yeah, crazy stuff, but... Hopefully we have, we see the sun at the end of the tunnel because that's what we need in this world right now because we're going through a tough time obviously with COVID and sports not being played and nothing really being done in the world right now. So, yeah, hopefully there's a lighter side to this. But, yeah, so NHL is coming back. We mentioned that, uh, the allegations from the head of the USA uh, hockey. And, yeah, I guess we could get into our deal. We haven't mentioned it at the top, actually, so... Uh, this is our Norris Trophy top 10 list that we will be uh, listing off here. So obviously From the we, last decade, though. Yes, in the last decade. We did this last time with the Hart Memorial Trophy, which is the MVP of the league, and now the Norris is the best defenseman of the league. So we're going to be running down through our top 10 uh, Norris Trophy winners. And I guess we'll start with the year 2009-2010 with uh, Chicago Blackhawks defenseman Duncan Keith winning this award. So... I don't know who wants to go first, but uh, yeah, you're up to the plate, whoever wants to go. Let's go with Thomas. Why don't you start? Because you have him ranked the highest, I think, out of all three of us. So, uh, Yeah, I do. Okay, so I'll start. Uh, I have this winner, uh, Duncan Keith, at number three for me. Uh, this year, he was absolutely just dominant, and you know he's been up for the award, I think, two or three times previous to winning the, this is first Norris Award trophy. And this year, I mean, he was just really good. He had... How many points? He had 69 points in 82 games played, 14 goals, 55 assists. Just an outstanding year. And then I'll mention Flager's favorite stat, plus minus 21 that year. Uh, yeah, this was like the coming out part if you're Duncan Keith. This is like, okay, yeah, I'm here. Like, I'm with the core right now. And this season, he was just unbelievably dominant at 26 years old. And obviously, he got a bit better. He's kind of uh, coming off the radar now. But Duncan Keith at this time in 2009-10 was his prime years winning those three Cups of Chicago from 2010 to uh, 2015. So Duncan Keith is three on my list. How about you guys? I have him at number five, which is, I believe, the lowest out of all three of us. Uh, I I mean, this is definitely Duncan Keith's prime when he won in 2010, and he was also a part of that. Um, I guess this is the time of the Blackhawks uh, dynasty where they kind of started winning a bunch of their Cups. In 2009-2010. But I have my number five because I I think there's there's four other guys that I think deserve to be ahead of him. Uh, He still had a completely dominant season, don't get me wrong. But uh, I I think, yeah, number five is reasonable to to place him on my list. I have him ranked one higher than Flagers at number four on my list. So I just think three seasons were better overall compared to Keith's. But, like, yeah, this was definitely his coming out party, as TV said. He had his career high in points. 
he they won the cup that year. He played a ton of minutes in the season and in the playoffs. And Keith, like from this season to like we said, uh, when their dynasty years from twenty ten to twenty fifteen, he was the best defenseman. He was a top three defenseman in the league, like from oh nine ten to like basically when they won their third cup yeah. in fourteen fifteen. So this was easily his best year, and he has another uh, winning season mm-hmm. that we've ranked as well. But this one, I could, I guess, I could say for all of us, is the better one out of yeah. the two that he's won. Yeah, I can agree with that statement. For so the now, second one, yeah, the second one we got here from the 2010-11 season is good old Nicholas Lindstrom, who won the award at the age of 40, and. For his stats this season, while not his best season, obviously in his career, the guy was 40 years old, he played all 82 games, 16 goals, 46 assists for 62 points, but he was only a minus two this season. Mm-hmm. So obviously he wasn't the great defensive defenseman that he's shown to be in the past, but his offense was unreal this season at yep. age 40 again. So the reason, uh, actually, I, I'm going to go first on this one. I actually have him at three on my list just for the fact that the guy was 40 years old mm-hmm. and was, I think this was his seventh uh, Norris Trophy win in his career, which is one of the most all-time, if not the most. So it was just impressive to cap off such an amazing career, Nick Lindstrom. The Wings were still very good this year with Lindstrom. He was still the captain. He was still their best defenseman. And... Clearly, at age 40, he was still able to put up the points and still play against the best players in the world, playing first-line minutes. So that's why I have him ranked third. I would have had him higher, but his plus-minus was like the worst by far out of any of these award winners. Yeah. So that's why I had to knock him down one notch for me. Yeah, makes sense. I have him at number six. Uh, plus-minus had a lot to do with with my ranking for him minus two it's not the best season he's ever had um defensively or defensive wise he's won the award seven times and it's probably it's not the not the best season that he had when he won the award but it's not the worst either um I mean his offensive production was pretty decent for for uh for Nick Lidstrom uh I have him I already mentioned I have him at six I was honestly considering putting him a little bit lower but the fact that he's 40 years old when he won it was like very impressive for me so that's why I have him at six yeah I agree uh the minus two kind of knocks him down a bit but he ranks fourth on my list Nicholas Lidstrom does at just because that age 40 years old I mean that's pretty impressive to do the Norris Trophy thing and win that in your 40s that's incredible and this year also I kind of knocked him down a bit he would have been probably two or three on my list if the voting wasn't so close in this year because Shea Weber was at number two in voting for the Norris. He was 57.2% and Lindstrom was 57.9%. So really, really close race for that. But the years previous, Nicholas Lindstrom won three Norris trophies. Then one year, Scott Niedemeyer took one away from him. And then the next three years was Nicholas Lindstrom also. So he was a pretty dominant defenseman and it's pretty incredible that he won the Norris trophy at the age he did. And He's probably top top three defenseman of all time. So, yeah, Nicholas Lidstrom ranks four for me in that 2010-11 season. So I was, was also, a, yeah, we didn't well. even mention this, but that was also um, 
he was the oldest defenseman to ever win the Norris Trophy uh, in that season, that 2010-2011 season. And then the second oldest player to ever win, it was also him in 2007-2008. Yeah, it's incredible. See? <laughs> Longevity. He was incredible for so many years. Yep. And never missed the playoffs. Nope. No. Yeah, I never realized that, actually. Shit. Okay, so that brings us to... Uh, 2011-2012, this is a pretty dominant season here by a young player. Eric Carlson ended up winning the Norris Trophy that year. He was 21 years old. The youngest player on this list to ever do it. Um, he played 81 games that season. He scored 19 goals, 59 assists, and put up 78 points. And he was a plus 16 that year by a 21-year-old defenseman in the NHL. That's... Yeah. Uh, very impressive. I don't think he was the youngest to ever do it. Uh, I know. I think Bobby Orr did it at nineteen, uh, but he uh, he put up a Bobby Orr like season. To be honest, it was Honestly. it was very dominant. Uh, yeah. Who wants to go first for this one? Joe went first last time, so I'll go first. Uh, yeah, Eric Carlson, probably one of my favorite defensemen to watch. Just so offensive, uh, very dynamic, and with the Ottawa Senators, he literally carried that team on his back year after year. So. To do that at the age 21 when you still have like Spezza and Alfredson. And I I think Heatley was still there if I'm wrong. But you still, had guys so. like, you still had guys like Milan McCulloch there. So I think he scored actually 30 goals that year too. But Eric Carlson just 19 goals as a defenseman, 21 years old. And he was knocked down with his size uh, being drafted in the first round. And you know what? He just said, you know what? F off. I'm here. I'm going to win this Norris Trophy. So at age 21 to do that is pretty incredible. And then... He ranks, for me, as the number one on this list, like, by far. It was a landslide. So, uh, one more thing about Carlson, though. This year, I swear, Shea Weber, he's never won the Norris Trophy. And he's been so close multiple, multiple times. He was 1% off from Eric Carlson's uh, winning at this. So, Eric Carlson had 71% of the votes. Shea Weber had 70% of the votes. And that just says a lot about Shea Weber's game. Because when you have a guy who won the Norris Trophy who had 78 points and 19 goals, and you were right behind him. That says a lot about Shea Weber. So, yeah, but Eric Carlson, number one on my list, uh, 100% for that 11-12 campaign. I would assume that Carlson ended up winning just because of his age at the time. Yeah, and the point numbers. Incredible. So, for my list, I also have him at number one. Not by a landslide, though, like Thomas said. Thomas, I think you said that you had him at number one by a landslide. I was considering putting Mark Giordano at number one. Uh, we'll talk about... Giordano later but Eric Carlson this season when I think of a Norris Trophy winner from my lifetime basically I think of that 2011-2012 campaign by Eric Carlson uh, that's the first one that comes to my mind so I, I this kind of was a no-brainer for me winning the Norris Trophy at 21 years old yeah. is just amazing yeah, I also have him at number one. Like, going into this list, I already knew who my number 10 winner was going to be and who my number one was, and I have Carlson this 11-12 season at one as well, just like you guys. And like I said, like like you guys said, the age and the point numbers that he put up were just incredible. And, like, Ottawa this year was really on display because they hosted the 2012 All-Star Game, so... It was like mm -hmm. him, Alfredson, and Spezza were like at the All Star game, so like everyone kind of got to see like who Eric Carlson was, like 
I guess if you didn't watch Ottawa games, you didn't really know who he was yet. You really saw how he how he played here at the All-Star game and then just continue watching him the rest of that season and you realize like he's such a special player and it's a shame how he plays now. He's like a shell of his former self because of uh, an ankle surgery yeah. or tendon that happened in the 2017 playoffs. He hasn't been the same player. I think we can all agree mm-hmm. on that one. But um, it's a shame because he was at his peak, like 11-12, like in the mid-2010s, he was unbelievable. Yeah. So the next defenseman we got here, this was for the lockout short in 2013 season. And this was won by 23-year-old P.K. Subban, who played for Montreal at the time. So before uh, the season started, he had a contract dispute with the Canadians, which had him miss six games to start the season. So he only played 42 games this season, but he had 11 goals, 27 assists, and 38 points. He was a plus 12. And if he played all 48 games of that lockout short season, he would have even had more points, which is even more impressive to think. This was... Probably his most impressive season of his career. Obviously, guy won the Norris Trophy. So for me, I have him ranked at number six. Ahead of some other guys that uh, we'll mention a little bit later. But I have him at six for me. And I know you guys have him a little bit lower than that. But the reason I have him at six was just because he basically proved because he held out like he wanted more money when they were offering him because he knew how good he was. And then he basically showcased that by winning the Norris in his first season of that contract. And then a few years later, he got one of the biggest contracts for a defenseman in NHL history, eight years, 72 million. So this season was really basically made him put money in the bank, essentially. So you got to respect that from PK. And he was kind of close as well in the 2017-18 season, I want to say, to winning. He was nominated for Norris as well, but not compared to this 2013 season where he actually won it. Yeah. Yeah, this would have been, like, kind of the the beginning half of his prime. When I think of P.K. Subban as a Montreal Canadian, I think of that 2012-2013 season. Uh, I know it was a, a short season for him, but um, I don't know. I, I have him at number seven. I don't think he should be any lower than seven because it was – obviously it was a dominant season. Like he was basically averaging um, almost a point per game. Uh, his plus minus was really good as well, so that kind of impressed me a little bit. But mm-hmm. the reason why I have him at number seven, which is kind of low, like lower than what Joe had him at least, was – Basically, because season was short, and if it were a full season, who knows how things would have played out. There's a chance that he wouldn't have held that consistency. Maybe he would have went on a slump. You never know. Yeah, I think seven is a reasonable spot to put him. I quickly changed my uh, train of thought there for P.K. Subban. I put him seven now. He was eight, but yeah, I'm going to put him seven for me. This season, I just remembered that booming shot, man. Like That was like the start of... Even even the seasons before, he had that great shot, that great slap shot on the power play. But this season, I mean, like the goals he scored this year with uh, 11 goals, the most by a defenseman. Actually, sorry, the second most by a defenseman this season. Mike Green had that total of 12. But 11 goals, 27 assists, 38 points. In games he missed this year, he missed six games. That's pretty incredible to just win the Norris this year. At age 23, uh, pretty young defenseman to win the Norris trophy, but... 
there was a lot of hate on P.K. Subban a uh, couple years. Obviously, he was holding out just a bit. And, you know, we don't want to talk about it, but the racism, uh, yeah, he's been getting a lot of hate. And people still do now. We've talked about it at the start of the episode. But there, P.K. Subban persevered, and he won the Norris Trophy this year as the best defenseman. And, yeah, I think he was really, really the best defenseman this year. And he ranks seven on my list for that shortened season. All right, so that brings us to... Duncan Keith again. He won in 2013-2014 at 30 years old this time. Uh, he played 79 games, scored 6 goals, 55 assists, and put up 61 points. He had an impressive plus 22 that year, which is uh, the highest plus minus of the, the Norris Trophy winners that we've covered so far. Uh, let's start with Joe this time for this one. Uh, okay, so for me... Uh, as I said before, when he won in 09-10, this season was not as impressive as his 09-10 season. So I have him ranked 9th out of 10 on my ranking. And just because like it, there was other defensemen this year that were, I, I don't know if I would say more deserving, but were as good, if not a little bit better, than Keith during this 13-14 season. I mean, he only put up 6 goals, which is like not really impressive at all. But he did have 61 points, which is one of the highest of his career. So yeah. I get that from that standpoint. But he wasn't as dominant as his 09-10 season. Agree. And then I, th- Thomas or, or AJ or Flags will mention some other kind of runner-ups. Because I know Thomas had one during the 13-14 season that was also deserving of the Norris. But it definitely wasn't the worst season of all these past 10 winners. So that's why I have him at 9. Yeah. Yeah, I couldn't agree with that one. Um, it actually seems that the people who voted for the Norris Trophy this year was giving Keith the unanimous decision on number one because he had yeah. 75% of the votes. And then second, Zdeno Char, who was 36, had 48% of the votes. So Keith kind of won, not by a landslide this year, but he was definitely, I guess, more dominant in the eyes of people who voted. Uh, but this year, yeah, six goals. It's a bit weak for Duncan Keith. I mean... He's not a goal scorer, but it's kind of a week for a Norris Trophy winning defenseman. So Keith ranks nine on my list. And this year, we had two 20 goal scorers as defensemen. So one was Eric Carlson, who ranked seventh in voting for the Norris. And the number three guy, once again, number Shea Weber of the Nashville Predators, had 23 goals this year and did not win the Norris Trophy. So kind of surprising. There's another guy, Drew Doughty, who had a dominant this season. He was dominant at the Olympics this year and won the Cup eventually in late June with the LA Kings. So there were some other guys who could have won it over Duncan Keith this year, but it seems like the people who voted uh, wanted Duncan Keith to win this award with 75% of the votes. So uh, Duncan Keith ranks number nine for me on this list. Yeah, I think Duncan Keith won the Norris this year based on points more so, well, points and plus minus more so uh, goal scored because he had 61 points and it was plus 22. That's, it's pretty good. Um, Zdeno Chara, Chara was voted second. He had 48% of the votes, which Thomas mentioned already. He had 40 points, 20, he was plus 25. And then Eric Carlson, he had 74 points that year, but he was a minus 15. So I think that's why Carlson wasn't up there in the top yeah. three voting for that year. I have this one ranked at number nine as well. Um, it's it, Obviously, it wasn't as, impress, as impressive as his 2010 campaign. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I remember in that season watching 
Duncan Keith, and I didn't think he was as dominant as as previous years. That's why I have him at number nine. Okay. Uh, that brings us to the 2014-15 winner of the trophy, and that was Eric Carlson again at age 24. So a pretty young defenseman just uh, winning that award once again. And in this season, I believe he he had 66 points, 21 goals, 45 assists, and a plus seven this year with the Ottawa Senators. I mentioned before he was 24 years old. And there was a lot of young defensemen in the conversation for this trophy this year. Uh, Drew Doughty ranked second. P.K. Subban ranked third. Shea Weber, again, man, this guy just got robbed a bunch of times. He's number four. He's a bit older. And then number five was Roman Yossi. Really exciting to see two national defensemen at four and five there. But Eric Carlson, I'll go to Eric Carlson and start talking about him. As I mentioned, one of my favorite defensemen to watch uh, this season. He was dominant once again with the Ottawa Senators. How to Had a, a little worse of a year than the year previous, but... I'm pretty sure the Ottawa Senators were on that fantastic run with Andrew Hammond and made the playoffs this year, uh, winning like 23 out of whatever games. So Eric Carlson was definitely a big part of that. And yeah, he won the Norris this year. And that season from Eric Carlson obviously was not impressive, as impressive as his uh, Norris Trophy win in 2012. But this ranks for me at six on my list. How about you guys? I have him at at uh, eight on my list. Uh, obviously, it was worse than uh, the 2011-2012 Norris Trophy winning season. And, and I just mentioned the season prior to this one, he had 74 points. and uh, So he had a drop off there in points. But he still put up over 20 goals. Still had a pretty good season. He was plus seven, which isn't, it's not outstanding. It's still pretty decent, if you ask me. Uh, so that's why I have him at number eight. I also have him at eight, just because, as you guys said, like it was definitely not as impressive as his eleven twelve season. His plus minus wasn't that impressive. Like it was still good. He was still plus seven, but like I feel like there's a lot of more, like a lot of better seasons than Carlson's twenty fourteen fifteen season. And then like even like like Thomas said, like the runner ups Drew Doughty and PK Subban. So Doughty received, I mean Carlson, who won, received sixty one percent of the votes. And Doughty received fifty percent, fifty six percent, and PK received fifty one percent. So it wasn't like yeah. very clear uh, that Carlson was gonna win. Like he only won by about five percent over Drew Doughty. So that's why I have him at eight. So it, just, it was a little bit closer. It wasn't like by like a landslide or like it wasn't like outstanding or anything. But it was still better than uh, Keith's twenty fourteen season. So I'll put it at eight. And then. Uh... Yeah, the next trophy win uh, for the Norris Trophy next year was the guy we just mentioned, Joe. Uh, Drew Doughty, who won the award at age 26, so his first Norris Trophy win. And this year he played all 82 games, had 14, sorry, yeah, 14 goals, 37 assists for 51 points, and a big plus 24 this year in the 15-16 campaign. Uh, I guess I'll go first and talk about Drew Doughty. So I believe, in my eyes, I believe Drew Doughty should have won the award the previous year we just talked about where Eric Carlson won. And I believe Eric Carlson should have won the award this year that Drew Doughty won. Uh, the point totals weren't as good as uh, Eric Carlson who put up 82 points, 16 goals, 66 assists this year. But I think Drew Doughty this year, I, I distinctly remember, I think he won this award just because he was like the guy on the Alley Kings who they just threw out there for every minute's penalty kill and power play. A plus 24 says a lot about Drew Doughty. He was on the ice when they scored goals, and he was a big part of their offensive uh, abilities. But 
51 points is a bit weak, and this is why this ranks number 10 on my list, just because of those point totals. And I remember he was dominant this season, but I believe Eric Carlson should have won this award over Drew Doughty this year. So he ranks 10 for me. Uh, how about you guys? I actually completely agree with everything you just said. I also have him at number 10. Um, I think the reason why Carlson probably didn't win this year was because he was a minus two. Uh, and Doughty was obviously a plus 24. And Doughty was averaging like almost over third or 28 minutes per game, which is absolutely insane. Uh, he was he was pretty dominant that year. His point totals weren't there, though. So that's why I'm putting him at number 10. I also have him at 10. And the only reason for that is like, well, 51 points is good for a number one defenseman. Plus 24 is great. The fact that Carlson didn't win this year with 82 points in 82 games is just like not right i feel like they only gave it to dowdy because like carlson already had two and like the nhl had to recognize like dowdy's also one of the best defense in the nhl so like we had to acknowledge that he had to get an award so realistically i think dowdy should have won in 14 15 because he was second in voting and then carlson should have won his second in 15 16 just for the 82 yeah. points in 82 yeah, I games agree. i think we're all on the same page I mean, really. <laughs> yeah yeah I think you should just swap those two winners. All right, moving on here. We got the 2016-2017 uh, Norris Trophy winner, and that goes to the then 31-year-old Brent Burns, who absolutely exploded. These are the years, starting from 15-16, I believe, where this guy just exploded points-wise. So this year when he actually won the Norris, he had 82 games played, 29 goals for a defenseman, 47 assists for 76 points, and he was also a plus 19. Now, Burns is the most unique players to watch in the league, not just defenseman. The guy's like a pure rover. Early in his career, he was a forward. Now he's a defenseman. Sometimes he switches. At one time, he played both in the same games, essentially, a few years ago. But now he's obviously just a defenseman. Mm -hmm. So for me, on my ranks, I have my number two out of 10 for this uh, 16 17 award it was just because burns like for his age like the guy basically like exploded at age 30 usually that doesn't happen for a defenseman yeah. for the last like well this year he hasn't been he's kind of slowed down a bit but from 2015 to 2019 the guy was like yeah putting up 70 points like it was nothing mm -hmm. so it was just extremely ex impressive to watch for burns and like now like he has he's a basically like a meme now with that beard and his like <laughs> His massive knapsack that he walks into the arena with, yeah. just a funny guy, and like the point, the goal totals is what really impressed me here. Twenty nine goals for a defenseman. Yeah. The guy shoots from every angle on the ice, and he always gets his shots through. Yeah. So that's why I have him at number two. Yeah. So I have him uh, lower than you. I have him at number three. Um. So. The top three voted defensemen for the Norris that year were Brent Burns, then Eric Carlson, and Victor Hedman, who all had over 70 points. Uh, I think this year it probably came down to plus-minus because Brent Burns had the best plus-minus of all three of those guys. He had plus 19. Mm -hmm. uh, and, I, I mean, 29 goals by a defenseman is absolutely ridiculous as well. Yeah, that's... Uh, the reason why I don't have him at number two, though, is because... There's one guy that I think has a, a better season coming up that we'll talk mm -hmm. about shortly. I also yeah. think, actually, that I had Brent Burns in, fan, in one of my fantasy leagues that year. Uh, so that 
that had a lot to do with why he's in my top three, to be honest, because I was just shocked. I didn't believe, I couldn't believe how he came out of nowhere, kind of. At, uh, I think he was 30, 31 years old. That's That doesn't happen very often for a defenseman. Yep. Uh, for me, Brent Burns ranks number two on my list. Uh, the year previous to this year, the San Jose Sharks went to the Stanley Cup Finals, and he was a massive part of that team um, running that defensive core. And I believe he scored 27 goals the year previous to scoring 29 goals this season. So I don't even know if you want to call him a defenseman or a forward because you know defensemen don't really get close to 30 goals. When they play defense, they're focused on the defensive zone because that's the winner of this award, the best defenseman. Uh, but Brent Burns just was, yeah, Joe mentioned, dude, like he was so dominant for these couple years and he showed the NHL that, you know, uh, he got traded from Minnesota years previous and he couldn't really figure out if he wanted to play forward or D and he obviously found his homecoming and yeah, Brent Burns won the award in this season and he was very, very dominant. So yeah, Brent Burns ranked second on my list, a pretty impressive season with 29 goals. So yeah, definitely deserving of the Norris Trophy that year for sure. I think we all went, right? Yep. Oh, you went. Uh, so that brings us now to 2017-2018. Uh, Victor Hedman ended up winning the Norris this season at 27 years old. He played 77 games, so not quite a full season. He scored 17 goals, assisted 46 goals, put up 63 points, and had an amazing plus 32, which is uh, very good if you ask me. Uh who wants to start for this one? Yeah, you can start. I, I can go if you want. Right. Um, so Victor Hedman, uh, many people don't know, I owned him a lot in fantasy in these couple years. I think I think you owned him this year, Joe, if I'm mistaken. Did I? I, I don't even I, remember. I, I think so, I think so, but yeah, you I might have, yeah. And then so I got it. Yeah, you owned him this year because he won the Norse Trophy. And I got a jersey, so I have a Victor Hedman jersey. Uh, is one of my favorite defensemen. I love these Swedish defensemen. They're just so good at playing in the offense or so in the defensive zone. And this was clearly a winner of that uh, aspect in the offensive and defensive zone. Plus 32, Victor Hammond was, with 17 goals, 63 uh, points in this season for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Missing some games and then stepping in when needed to be, and he did. Uh, so Victor Hammond for this year, not as impressive as other years. And I moved him down one because of P.K. Subban moving up to seven. So... Victor Hedman ranks eighth on my list, but he's just a treat to watch when he plays, and he's so big and he's so agile. So Victor Hedman wins this award in this year, and he's deserving of that. And but he ranks a bit lower on my list; he ranks eight for me. Joe, I kind of want to go last for this one and the next one as well. All <laughs> so, right, because I I have him a lot. Both the next two winners, I have a lot higher than than both you and Thomas. So. All right, then. Uh, I have Hedman at seven for this season. Like Thomas said, there's been better seasons than Hedman's in 2018. But, like, that plus 32, just I had to put him at least at seven. Like, for me, he couldn't be lower than seventh with that plus minus. Plus, this was, like, when he really started to become, like, a massive workhorse for Tampa. Even a few years previously, he was. But this year, he finally got recognized for it. So... It was basically like a given that he was going to win it this season. Tampa was great during the regular season this season as well. And Hedman, he doesn't put up like Eric Carlson numbers, but he plays, a, I guess, better defense than Eric Carlson. He's definitely like a, more of a two-way defenseman. 
And like Thomas said, like he's so agile for his size. He's six foot six off of skate, so he's probably six eight out there, and he moves around like he's six foot two. So just for Hedman to have that special ability, put up the points, play great defense, he had to win the Norris this year, and I have him at number seven on my list. Okay, uh, I think you guys are sleeping on him a little bit here because I have him at number four. Uh, voting kind of agrees with me that year too because he had almost 85% of votes. Uh, his plus his plus minus that year was just amazing, plus 32. That's the highest that we've talked about so far of all the Norris Trophy winners. Mm-hmm. Uh, Giordano the Fulton the next year will be higher. But um, this was – you guys said that Victor Hedman has had better seasons. He's really only had one better season, which was the year prior – uh, but Brian Burns obviously won the Norris that year because his point totals were just ridiculous. Um, he put up seven. Victor Hedman put up seventy-two points that year. Then he came into the 2017-2018 season, put up sixty-three points, which is his second highest point total season in his career. So he's really he hasn't had that many uh, better seasons. And I think just watching Victor Hedman play that year, he was just by far the most dominant defenseman in the league. Uh, so that's why I have him at number four, and I think he should be no lower than top five. I, I'm really shocked that you guys have him lower. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so, so the last one we have on this list, because like, you want to go last again. So the last defenseman we have, obviously the 2018-19 season, was Mark Giordano of the Calgary Flames, who at 35 won the award by having by far the best season of his career. Played 78 games, 17 goals, 57 assists for 74 points, and had the highest plus-minus of anyone on this list at plus 39. So this season just came out of left field. I have him at 5 on my list, and the only reason he's not higher is because it came literally so far to left field, no one thought a 35-year-old Giordano would put up basically a point per game, have the best plus-minus in the league on Cal- on the Calgary Flames, who... They were good this season, but they weren't like historic like Tampa was this season when they won 60 games. So the fact that he was plus 39 and the point totals, I had to put him at least in my top five. So I have him at number five for me. Yeah, I, I could I could agree with some of those statements. Uh, for me, Mark Giordano this season, fellow Italian there, number five on my list. I would have him a bit higher. Um I, sh- I should have him a bit higher, but Mark Giordano this year was just... I remember last year, man. He was incredible to watch. He received 98% of the votes this year, which is basically he won the award just in like the first, I don't know, a couple votes. Um, he won 165 first place votes. That is 163 more votes than the second place guy, who was Brent Burns, who had two. Uh, so that's... Obviously incredible there. He had 74 points. He really, really came out of his shell this year. And he was obviously in a tight race with other people. But, I mean, look at the votes. The voters said, you know, and he, no, he's not. Mark Jordan was clearly the best defenseman this year. And it's kind of salt in the wound this year. Morgan Riley, I mean, he shouldn't have won it, Morgan Riley. But Mark Jordan definitely deserved it. But Morgan Riley should have definitely been in the conversation this year with 72 points. That was his coming out party, but he sat fifth in voting. But we're here to talk about Mark Giordano and what he did at the age of 35 with the Calgary Flames. Just really, really stepped up as a captain and really stepped up as a defenseman. It was so dominant this year. So I'll leave the floor for you, Flegger, for our last player here. And you have a lot of words to say about uh, Mark Giordano here. 
Yeah, so I have him at number two. Uh, I was honestly considering putting him at number one, but the only reason why I had Carlson's 20, 2012 win was because Eric Carlson was so dominant for so many years. Joe mentioned that this one came out of nowhere, which it did. I agree with that. But to be plus 39, put up 74 points as a as a 35-year-old defenseman, and to average over 24 minutes of time on ice, which he led the Calgary Flames with average time on ice that year, is just unbelievable. Um, he had a lot to do with the breakouts of Johnny Goudreau and Sean Monaghan that year, I think, because uh, he kind of ran that blue line. And as a defenseman, you, you're the quarterback of what's going on on the ice. And I think like this was just so dominant this season that he definitely deserved it, or he deserved to be in my, my top two. And I was like I said, I was even considering putting him number one. Um, honestly, I was looking at the voting mm-hmm. and how Morgan Riley was placed fifth in the voting that year, which is shocking. Like he should have been number two or three. Like he should have been in the top three for sure. Yeah. He had seventy-two points. He was plus twenty-four. Hedman was number three with fifty-four points and plus twenty-four. I don't. I still don't understand that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Anyways, back to Gio though. Like he actually, Joe, didn't you run into him at the gym? I did a few years ago. Was that was that the summer leading into this season? Because I think he might have had a lot to do with his uh, <laughs> his lucky out of nowhere season. No, it was I think I want to say the twenty fourteen fifteen season. So oh, going so it was into like that long season, ago. yeah, yeah, I was like sixteen, I think, or seventeen, something like that. And I saw him from a distance. I knew it was him just because like of his bald head. Yeah, you can and like I, I recognized him immediately, but I didn't want to go up to him because he's with his trainer, and like there's so many other people there that like didn't acknowledge him, so I didn't want to go up to him while he was working out. But it was him 100. percent That's but yeah, it was cool. pretty cool. I don't know why I thought it had to do, or I, I mean, I thought you saw him in the off season leading into that season. We could have said that Enten's finest encouraged yeah. him to come out with the Norris Trophy. Uh, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> so, no, but I don't know. I, I still can't believe you guys have Jordan. I mean, I guess he's in your top five, but yeah, for me, like, like I said, I was considering putting him number one. It was just so dominant. No, you have fair points. I was just like, literally the only reason is that it came so out of left field. Like I said before, That's fair, yeah, yeah. So it's like, and then obviously this year he's not even close to like as last yeah. year in terms of points. He's hasn't been as healthy because mm-hmm. he's thirty six now. But I just knew like it wasn't going to be replicated, and it wasn't. So that's <laughs> yeah, why. That's true. Another reason why I I just wanted to talk about this quickly. Another reason why I had Carlson, uh, his 2011-2012 campaign at number one was because I watched. Carlson a lot more than Giordano in 2019 simply because Carlson was with the Sens mm-hmm. and obviously the Leafs played the Sens a lot more and I, I watched the Senators a lot more that season uh, and I just thought he was more dominant than Giordano in 2019 so that has a lot to do with why I ranked uh, Carlson and Gio, Giordano where they are. Yeah, I can agree with uh, what everyone said here on this list of the top 10 Norris Trophy winners from the past decade. A lot of good players here. Uh, we've seen one, two, I think only two repeat winners here, right? Keith and Carlson. So yeah. that's pretty impressive uh, to win the Norris Trophy two times in 10 years. So 
yeah, a lot of good players here. We're definitely going to see a bunch of different names in the years uh, coming because we have guys like Kale McCarr coming up, Quinn Hughes. So Rasmus Sandin, hopefully. Rasmus Dahlin, too. Rasmus Yeah, a lot of great defensemen coming up in the pipeline. But one more question. I did this last time with Art Trophy. Uh, if you guys can quickly need to pull up stats about defensemen this year, who do you guys have winning the Norris Trophy at the end of the year, whenever that, that is? Mm. All right. Like yeah, I'm going to have to pull up stats. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you pull up stats here. But there's a lot of great defensemen this year. Um, lots of offense this year, for sure, from the defensive aspect. And, like, we're seeing just a lot more goals from defensemen, I feel. Like, I'm looking at the stats right now, and, like, a few guys could have reached 20 goals if the season was a bit longer. And years previous, I would, like, Duncan Keith, we were just mentioning, like, six goals in a season that was winning Norris Trophy winner that year. And then, like, we're seeing now Norris Trophy winners starting to get 15, even 20 goals now. So there's been a bit of a trend in the, in the NHL the past few years. But if you have your stats up, uh, let me know who you have winning the Norris this year. Oh, yeah, I completely forgot. Yeah, John Carlson for sure. Mm-hmm. 75 points in 69 games is incredible. Plus 12, 15 goals, 60 assists yeah. in 69 games. Like, plays Can't sleep on Romy Yossi, though. Yeah, Roman like, Yossi's there, too. Roman Yossi, his plus minus is plus 22. That's pretty good. Even Hedman actually didn't have a terrible season either. But points-wise, yeah, Carlson takes it. But overall, I think I would go with Yossi. 65 points, plus yeah. 22, uh, over 15 goals, 16 goals. That's pretty good, if you ask me. Yeah, that's a good one, too. And so, over 25 um, minutes, almost 26 minutes incredible. average time on ice. That's pretty crazy. Yeah, that is really crazy. I'm probably leaning, leaning like Flager towards Roman Yossi because, I, you, Joe, you hadn't been fantasy, and I know he went on the, like, freaking point streak, like, almost 20 games had to be, right? Something like that. It was crazy, yeah, but then he got, then he, uh, got cold. Yeah. And I traded him. <laughs> well, yeah, he's been, like, plus 22 on that Nashville team who's been a wreck this year. Is That's the, pretty impressive to do that yeah. on a Nashville team like that. Like, 65 points, uh, one of the league's elite talents in the league for defensemen. And he's, I believe he's only 30? Yeah, 20, 29, 30. 29, 30. Same with so, John Carlson. Yeah, so roughly in the age, same age demographic, but... And like I'm just looking, if you're looking at the stats on NHL.com too, you look down the list. There's a lot of young defensemen I see coming up for sure. Yeah, like, Mikhail McCarr is up there. Even Quentin he Hughes. You know, McCarr has got 50 points in 57 games. That's pretty impressive. Like Remember that, when there was I one point in the well. season where, like McCarr and Hughes were both doing so well that they were in Norris conversation. Like people were like, yeah. sure, like they could win Norris. They yeah. could get consideration. Right, I assume, yeah, for sure. They're going to be, like, in the top ten for voting. Yeah, yeah. but they won't – neither of them will win it. Yeah, I don't think they have better seasons than the first two we mentioned, so. Yeah. Who do you Lots think – this is going kind of off, to, <laughs> off topic, but who do you think is going to win the, the Calder this year? McCarr. It's really – it's between McCarr and Hughes. Yeah. McCarr. It's McCarr or Hughes, for sure. Because McCarr – I'm just looking at the stats here. So McCarr's played like nine less games, has three less points. McCarr's plus twelve. Hughes is minus ten. And then Hughes averages like one minute of ice time more per game. Yeah, so and I think I'm gonna you could to argue McCarr. too that McCarr also didn't have his full squad with him for the entire season. That's too. true. Yeah, yeah. and yeah, he missed I'd like nine agree. games. 
And what? That's very true. And he missed nine games. Yeah. Yeah, I'm going to go with Makar for sure. <laughs> it's tough. It's really tough because they're both really good. But honestly, like another off-topic thing, if we had to choose a defenseman who's going to win the Norris Trophy the most times out of the future of the league's defenseman, who is it? Uh, I think, honestly, Hughes. I think the reason why his plus minus, I think, this year was so horrible is because the Canucks aren't an established team. Like, they don't really have an established roster. Uh, so, I think that has has a lot to do with his plus minus, to be honest. I, I think that doesn't really reflect who he is a, as a defenseman. So, I, I think I would say Hughes. But, I mean, Makar wouldn't be crazy. Mm-hmm. Even... Like, there's so many young defensemen, actually, that are coming. Yep. Yeah. It's either Hughes, Makar... Shabbat, actually. I forgot about Shabbat. Even, I think like, Darlene. Yeah, so... Yeah, Darlene, too. With me, if Ottawa can and Buffalo can get it on track, Darlene and Shabbat could win that trophy multiple times because they already have the... Like, Shabbat's already leading the ice time yeah. in the NHL. I actually want to. I think I'm going to change my answer to Shabbat, to be honest, because he is so like he's so great. He's just on a shitty team right now. Yeah, yeah. That's the only thing. It's 26 minutes a game he plays this season. Exactly 26 minutes. That's kind of funny. yeah. So yeah, that's insane. That was that. That's pretty insane, and that was our Norris Trophy uh, top 10 for the last decade. So yeah, we've mentioned lots of defensemen coming up, and a lot more points scoring from defensive wise is what I like to see because points is like kind of drags your eyes and gets more attention on defensemen. So uh, pretty good stuff there. We don't know what we're going to do next episode, but we'll figure it out. I'm sure we'll do something similar to this. Maybe maybe a Calder, as we mentioned uh, before Flager mentioned that. But uh, any last words from you guys? I'll go first this time. Um, I mean, I don't really have much to say, but I will have that NHL rookie card investment article coming out pretty shortly. And funny enough, Thomas Shabbat is number one on my list. So uh, that's kind of kind of funny that we're just talking about him there. That's really all I have to say, though, as of right now. I don't have much to say. Check out content on thebreakdown.com, breakdownsports.com. We got new stuff coming out. Sports is coming back. We have betting for horse racing, and we have Bundesliga coverage as of right now. Mm-hmm. There is officially... An announcement that was made, actually, that the Premier League will be coming back June 17th. So just more soccer, more live sports coming back. More betting odds that our crew will have you up to date with. So just check out for content like that. There's a lot of MLB content coming out, too, right now. Even though MLB's kind of putting their season on hold. Yep. It's kind of funny that the Premier League's coming back, even though Liverpool won three months ago. But, eh, it's okay. It's soccer. I can't complain. It's well, at least Liverpool fans won't get ripped on now for winning. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, because they're going to the finish league. the season, and they already won the league. But if so, if they had to cut their season short, mm-hmm. Liverpool, like, their their victory this season would just be known as, like, oh, okay. oh it was yeah, a shortened yeah. season kind of thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? And people yeah. hate Liverpool fans to begin with. So, yeah. um, like, at least they get the glory of finishing their season. Yeah, we are seeing a lot more Europeans leagues starting to uh, make a decision on whether they're going to return. And yeah, Syria is right next. I think it, their decision is going to be done today as we're recording on Thursday. So hopefully that's back. Uh, there's a tight race there and a lot more tight races 
So we'll see that in sports for, for North America and hockey wise. We're going to see that coming in a few months and we'll see some NHL hockey. That does it I intend and we will be returning next Saturday. Join us. Woo!